You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the femme explain them to you. If there's a thing you wanna explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Femsplain! Welcome to Femsplained. That's Diana. And that's Avalon. Uh, this is a podcast where two girls uh, talk to each other about their very typically nerdy interests in a environment where they don't necessarily have to cater to the man's. I think we do a lot of catering in our daily lives. Um, So on the one hand, this podcast is an excuse to talk to my long-lost friend, Diana. But on the other hand, it's very important that we finally are able to safely talk girly girl about the things we like without being in a marginalized, (laughs) male-dominated environment. That was aggressive, but I'm not apologizing for it. Don't. Don't ever apologize. So, uh, typically our interests are a little bit on the nerdier side of the spectrum, and those interests tend to be heavily populated with dudes, and as such, it gets kind of hard to really fully geek out about topics like that when you're a girl. So, we kind of made this podcast so that we could really get into the the thick of the nerdiness without feeling like we were being, um, what's the right word here? On a fucking proving ground. Sure. There you go. It's <laughs> many words. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, last the- time Diana was the splainer. Diana, That's true. Our famously popular D and D episode. <laughs> it is. It is over 50 humans have listened to it. Man, I can't even name 50 humans, so I'm feeling very famous. I'm Italian, so there's 50 humans, like, (laughs) sitting next to me right now. Fair Um, enough. Hi! Um, (laughs) So, um, so for this episode, Avalon is going to be the splainer, and I'm going to do my best to uh, ask questions to get her to explain it to me, especially because this is a topic, as Francis will demonstrate in a second, uh, that I know nothing about. So, all right. Well then, Francis, for this week's Mansplain Minute, your topic is Toonami. So first of all, I'm pretty sure that by Toonami, that's actually just a channel. That's not actually what you call it. I'm pretty sure it's called anime. Um, That's just my two cents. Um, It is a form of animation, uh, very famous, started over in Japan, made its way over to the U.S. with um, the creation of the show Dragon Ball Z was the first anime show. 
and um, became more popular, of course, with the movies of Marizaki. Uh, and uh, Pokemon is also a very popular show. And it's characterized by a very particular art style. Um, a lot of these shows have robots, and uh, some of the themes that are addressed are friendship, and I, I, I think that, yes, then we're at a minute. All right. Thank you, Francis. <laughs> Do we need to do that again? That was that was accurate. Okay, perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. All right, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Okay, so as Francis explained, the topic today is Toonami, which Avalon? Listen, I think that it's pretty generous to say that Francis explained the topic Toonami. More like he totally avoided the topic Toonami because he did not know what it was. Well, that's... I mean, that's unsurprising, but I will tell you right now, if, and this is a big if, does Toonami have any relation to anime? Is it, is it a thing? Are they related? They are absolutely related, but it's kind of like saying books and then saying fantasy books. No, it's not like that at all. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I do think that anime is, I mean, if you were to make that an entire one hour special, I think you'd really be demonstrating not only an ignorance about the scope of anime, but also just like a lack of reverence for it as an entire art form, I would say. So okay. the reason why I asked to explain Toonami to you is because Toonami, not only was it formative for me personally in terms of introducing me to anime, but I would argue that it introduced the entire American audience to anime. Um, So there are some more details in terms of what shows it was made up of, but Toonami was a cartoon block. It started out as a two-hour cartoon block, uh, and it was really the first major funding for dubbing uh, anime in English and showing them to a wide audience. Oh, wow. I had no idea about any of this. I'm going to be very forthcoming with you right now. My anime knowledge is uh, zilch. It's like, if it wasn't done by Miyazaki, there's a 99% chance that I don't know it with, like, maybe two exceptions. Um, And... Only one of those is not like a mainstream popular show uh, in the, you know, anime world. So sure. Um, so I really do need you to to explain this to me. So what 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 year range are we talking about for Toonami? Like when did this happen? Sure. Um, so Toonami started. I'm going to say the very late '90s, and there are different incarnations of it, different lineups, different cartoon hosts, um, that it went up into the mid two thousands before it was canceled. I think it has come back now though. And I mean, I don't know what's going on with it these days. Uh, it's totally new generation, new child audience. Um, but it was, I would say probably close to 10 years, maybe, maybe more like seven that it ran. Okay. And so, so, so this is like not a show you're talking about. This is multiple Mm -hmm. shows. Okay. 
Yeah, it's a originally it's a two-hour programming block in the afternoons on Cartoon Network, like right when kids get home from school. It's a total of four half-hour shows um, that are. There were a couple that were mixed in that weren't anime, but almost exclusively it was anime, uh, and that's how the U.S. market saw Sailor Moon for the first time. That's how they saw Dragon Ball Z for the first time. Those being probably the biggest, uh, but other big names as well. Oh, see, I had no idea that that's how that happened. Because I watched a little bit of Sailor Moon when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I watched a little bit of Dragon Ball Z when I was a kid. But um, that's Tsunami. Oh, uh, see, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so aside from those two big names, though, what are, are do you have like favorites or or ones that stick out to you as like super important? Okay, so I'm trying really intentionally not to talk about Sailor Moon because that is an episode for me. Um, okay, absolutely understood. You know, I would say pushing back on the gender norm, but acknowledging it slightly. I would say Dragon Ball Z was probably more marketed towards little boys than Sailor Moon was, but I was super invested in the lives and deaths of all of the <laughs> characters on, on, uh, on Dragon Ball Z. But I also was personally very fond of, um, there were multiple stories that took place in different universes based on the series, but it was the same characters. So there wasn't necessarily continuity from series to series, um, but it was called like Tenchi Muyo. Which was essentially, like, what it boiled down to is that it was, like, kind of like a romping sex comedy uh, plus supernaturalism. And how Sometimes, old were you when you were watching this? I mean, you know, elementary school. But it was a Cartoon Network primetime sex comedy. So, like, it was only implied. I'm sure that it was heavily edited, which was characteristic of almost all of these shows. Because Cartoon Network, I don't remember the company that did it. I think it was Toki or something like that. Um, when they cut it up for an American audience, like a lot got pulled, um, to the point that some people argue that what we saw was not even authentic version of some of the shows, the Japanese being like a little more sexually explicit. Um, but Tenshi was the story of a young boy who lived with his grandfather and worked at his grandfather's shrine. And then upwards of seven women started living there and like some of them had powers and some of them didn't but they were all super in love with him of course of course yeah yeah Yeah. that sounds right yeah when i put it that way it seems like a male fantasy but it was my fantasy too (laughs) that you would live in a house and uh several old ladies would move in and well, they were all beautiful. I don't know if I wanted, maybe, I don't know if I wanted to be Tenchi or if I wanted to be one of the ladies. One of the ladies had like a bunny slash cat slash spaceship that I was really fond of. Oh, that sounds like you. Okay. No, that yeah. makes sense. Now we're, now we're coming back to reality. And now sure. I, know, I know that I'm talking to my friend Avalon. Okay, yes. Okay. Very but good. But so more generally, what I'll say is that. With the value of hindsight, I really feel like that was a, like, cultural springboard for me, was this whole Toonami block. Super emotionally invested, different kinds of, like, the maturity level for a cartoon was not what I was used to in terms of it giving me credit as, like, as a child being capable of emotional investment and following these really, like, Shakespearean arcs or 
um, mature themes. Um, and it also kind of, I think it might've been one of the first things that really showed me that I was going to be a nerd. Yeah. Okay. So that's a really interesting thing that you just brought up because I will say that a lot of the shows I watched as a kid had startling adult themes thrown into them, but did not really have ongoing arcs. Like a lot of the, you know, I watched things like Rocco's Modern Life and like the Rugrats and uh, Doug, uh, all those shows had really um, intense themes brought into them sometimes, often more than like the, what do you call those, those... um, like after school after, special after school special yeah. shows where they they try to shove like a really weak anti drug campaign down your throat via Zach Morris, but yeah, but more... it's like a subliminal like behavior <clears throat> modification thing. It's not actually giving you credit right. as an adult. Yeah, but also even those shows that had those like very dark, very subliminal, you know, adult themes to them didn't have ongoing arcs things were very episodic yeah yeah which is interesting to me i didn't get into a show that i felt invested in until maybe like late teenage years that is very interesting and i would say i mean literally the examples that you gave were exclusive to nickelodeon productions right but i am trying to think of non-nickelodeon shows that even did that and i can't Mm, think of it Yeah. My childhood was exclusively Nickelodeon. I'm very anti-Disney to this day. I, it's based sure. on nothing at all. Uh, just, <laughs> but that's, you know. That's, that's totally me. fair. And this, you know, uh, Toonami was a Cartoon Network exclusive, although I think they, like, tried to be on the WB for a minute. Um, WB also, I think WB, maybe Fox, also had a couple of anime around the same time, like Pokemon, but I think that was still a few years later. But anyway, so these being Cartoon Network shows, um, they weren't produced by Cartoon Network. You know, they just bought the rights to air them. So it really seems like Nickelodeon and then Japan (laughs) were the only ones giving kids any credit in the late 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. That makes a lot of sense to me. All right. So so maybe is there one... um... Is there one that I maybe would not have heard of that you'd want to bring up that I should look into, like that I should check out, like one that you think that would be worth watching right now? Well, I mean, I'm trying to, all right, so just, I'll just break down Tsunami a a little bit more tangentially, if that's okay. Please do, Um, please do, because I yeah. So Toonami had this incarnation for a few years, um, and it kind of, like, I came of age at a really good time with it, where right around the time that maybe, like, I was hitting, like, middle school, I was hitting puberty, um, and Adult Swim was starting, uh, Toonami came up with, like, a second programming block, which was, um, Toonami Midnight Run, um, so it was kind of like Adult Swim, but they would bring in more, like, mature anime, um, it still wasn't, like mature by Japanese standards, but it was, um, there was maybe like light cursing. Uh, and that's where Cowboy Bebop first came over to America. Yeah. I know Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. That's my like very, very civilian uh, anime knowledge. Yeah. Okay. And so, and like 
different ones by that same studio, like Samurai Shampoo, um, things like that. Um, and we have a mutual friend who made me watch it. Um, I think it was Nathan. Um, and it's good. But I think that if I was going to, uh, if I was going to firmly recommend and not feel kind of like embarrassed by the anime, um, which is definitely something that I have internalized from the original Toonami block because no one in my middle school was watching it. Um, I would recommend some of the like more midnight run, like quote unquote adult ones, like the Cowboy Bebops, things like that. Or Trigun was another really big one on that block. Oh, okay. See, I never heard of Trigun. Okay, so yeah. I'll I'll maybe check that out because Cowboy Bebop I'm super familiar with. Or um, um, I think also on Midnight Run was um, Full Metal Al- Alchemist. Oh, okay. Okay. See, that one I'm also, yeah. 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 Okay. So I think they just, like, maybe they said, like, shit one time. Like, I don't, I'm not sure why exactly it was on that block versus the other one. But that's also sort of how time progressed with it. Okay. So then would you say, did this Toonami, did these shows get you into other anime outside of that? Or did they just sort of introduce you to, like... Um, creative storytelling or nerd culture in general or whatever? I think that's a great question. So I think that there's a little bit of nerdiness on my track record before that um, in the form of high fantasy novels. Like I, my mom read them and I was like a little kid reading Robert Jordan. So like that was already a problem (laughs) for me um, in terms of the inevitability of my nerdiness. But um Anime and Toonami specifically, it might have just been the time in my life, but it it was like pre-DVD. It was like the very early stages of like eBay. So in terms of finding other anime to watch or acquire, it was not really an option for me as a fifth grader. <laughs> um, and I know that even like merch was really hard to come by. I'm painfully envious of kids these days who can just go to Hot Topic and find, like, a Sailor Moon plush. Like, I would have ripped out my own eyes for that opportunity as a child. Um, probably <laughs> literally. Um, but, uh, the one... Th- yeah, sorry. <laughs> can I just say that it's so good to hear you, like, freaking out right th- like right now like this? Because that's, that's why I'm here right now. I had the opportunity in maybe, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade, and my family went on a vacation over winter break to San Francisco, and there is a much more prominent Asian culture there than where I grew up in Clarksville, Tennessee. Oh, Um, no. What? Really? And, like, so not only, like, New York is there, like, a Chinatown, but there's also a Japan town, and it's very established, and they have all kinds of merchandise and I can't, I mean, there, honestly, there, no child today will ever know how precious and amazing it was to me to walk into a store and see Sailor Moon alarm clock, a backpack, like a bento set, like in front of my own eyes. I went insane. <laughs> it was like, it was like Willy Wonka. Like I was like hopped up on the potential that one day I would be the moon princess and I just was just vomiting joy all the time and I will I mean nothing will ever compare with that but 
that wasn't the world that I had access to at that time, except right. for in San Francisco. I mean, to me, you're the moon princess. Like, does that... <laughs> I was so into Sailor Moon. I have this memory of going, walking with my best friend, Amber, who was also obsessed with Sailor Moon, walking to a bowling alley to go bowling together. Sure, and- like you did. I, I did that too, yeah. <laughs> did you walk though? No. And, <laughs> and before I would throw the ball down the lane i would pray pray for a strike to the imperium silver crystal and that was the closest i've ever come to real religion i you know what i i believe in that like i would i would lay down my life on that sooner i think than any religion i've i've practiced I would see the moon, and I would be convinced I saw it brighter than other people as a sign that I was going to be the moon princess. Yeah. But not as, like, a second grader, like, as a sixth grader. That's (laughs) Like, my friends were getting their periods. Like, it was not... Was it fine? I think it's fine. Your (laughs) friends were were getting their periods. Were they thinking clearly? I'm sorry. Were they being rational adults? Were they organizing their stock portfolios while they were figuring out how to get pads stuck in the right underwear yeah yeah like i don't think so i think it's fine but you were still praying to the (laughs) moon goddess before you rolled a strike i was still bowling in the eighth grade and i may (laughs) I may not have been praying to the Sailor Moon goddess, but I was definitely writing Animorphs fan fiction in a notebook. So that's going to, I know, you're looking at me with that look. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was, I mean, it was extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking, and I kind of had said this in the intro last week about how, like, I'm just a dabbler. Like, oh, I'm not really that nerdy about anything. And then after the episode, I was like, all right, crap. Like, what am I going to talk about? And the second that I remembered <laughs> this shit, I was like, oh, no. The intensity in my heart just remembering it. But I'm specifically not supposed to talk about Sailor Moon. Um, So the one thing that was like a cultural gateway for me with anime, in addition to loving it, is that it introduced me to um, like purposeful drawing via fan art. Um, I thought it was beautiful. And I aspired to write my own manga one day. And so like... I was just constantly drawing the cartoons or drawing myself as the cartoons, as you do. Um, I even wrote, like, poetry about some of them because I was super in love with various characters. Apple Hunt? Beautiful notebooks. I was not that good at drawing, but... Shut up, dude. I curated it. No, not... Like, no. You saw that mug I did today. That was pretty much it. I tried, but, like, as a middle schooler, I really tried. And then, like, I discovered, like, the art section of, like, Hobby Lobby, and I started getting graphite pencils. So it, like, brought me into this world of art that I wasn't really in before, Mm -hmm. um, which is exciting. And then most importantly, because there wasn't a lot of community around it, except my best friend Amber, um, who was, like, two years older than me and went to a different school, um, is that I... I got into the internet for the first time. Like, 
I started learning HTML so that I could have fan sites and I was networking with other people who were fans of the different anime and like I was on forums for the very first time because this was like 2001 and it kind of was still new. So yeah, so yeah. like it, it like opened like really big doors for me that were probably the biggest like passions that I had and the biggest parts of my personality until I, you know, eventually went to high school and people made me feel dumb for liking it. So I stopped. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was a really uh, big deal. God, teenagers are the worst. Can it's the worst. Quit that whole age God. range. And like, um, there's so many things that I'm doing professionally right now that suddenly make sense to me based on that. Like I, I, I switched schools between fifth and sixth grade and fifth grade, everyone loved Sailor Moon and it was fine. And, but I would make online, I would make these very detailed, like pre Buzzfeed, which Sailor Scout are you like, which Dragon Ball Z character are you going to marry? Like personality quizzes. Um, and I would like gently HTML code them at least, you know, and like, I made like a whole choose your own adventure online. You put effort into them. That's so the much point. effort. You put effort into them and... And that is something that only other fans of a specific fandom will ever appreciate. It's no true. one outside of that is ever going to appreciate that they're even like between fandoms. I feel like people can become judgy. Like if you are, you know, if you are a person who is making Yuri on Ice uh, fan art and whatever, and then you can be. Sp- similarly judgy about sailor moon people if you're you know if you're not a nice person it's totally true yeah and like as an adult i am like designing surveys for um for like public policy and like (laughs) i have taught myself r and i only had the confidence and like spss and a bunch of stupid stats stuff that like no one cares about unless you care about it but i truly think i only have the confidence to do it because when i was in fifth grade and i didn't know any better i was like i could learn html what's html um so yeah yeah no that makes sense to me so um so wow okay so Toonami is what I'm getting from this is that Toonami uh got you where you are today in your in your current career. Yeah, if I I mean if I were stepping into the presidential office right now, <laughs> I would I would have to thank Toonami for I, getting me here. I would thank if you were stepping into the presidential office right now, I would thank everything. I would I would pray to the moon <laughs> goddess right now. Oh, I would pray. Imperial Silver Crystal, please. I would. I absolutely would. I would roll a bowling do- ball down an aisle just for that. You know, um, I got I mean, maybe I didn't get a strike, it's been a long time, but I at least got a spare one of one of the times I prayed. That's, That's honestly, I, I know this sounds dramatic, but it's probably the closest I've ever gotten to experiencing like spirituality and faith. <laughs> Can we talk for just like just a second though of course. about just how one. like loser culture is definitely being into bowling when you're young? Like I feel like, no, I feel like it's very, it's very serendipitous to me that you bring up bowling as a young person, because like <laughs> this was something that no one I knew did on a regular basis, but me and my like, dorky ass friends. So I hate friend, to tell you this, friend. Sorry, I I didn't bowl on a regular basis. 
that might have you might still just be alone in that. What happened to no. I lived on an army base and there was a bowling alley in walking distance, but I was only there for a few months. And so like on a lark we did it one time. But normally we would go to the shopette, which was like a subs and just get junk food in a movie and go back to my house. Oh, okay. No, that's that's definitely Long Island. That's Long Island culture as well, is like going to 7-Eleven, getting some junk food and yeah. a movie. Which, like, sidebar, Shopette had like a little rental library, and that's where, because that's all we could afford when I was a really little kid, and uh, that's why I first watched Labyrinth, because it was always <gasps> there. Ooh, that's a thing so, we need to so keep Shop at, yeah. is the next cultural springboard for me is the mm. things that happened in my life via this little mini mart that's cool okay so i'm really i'm thrown for a loop right now about this bowling thing because i really thought i'm sorry <laughs> a bigger part of your life than it was i'm so uh, bad at it it's it's only if my grandpa is visiting or like that one time <laughs> Oh, no, no, I'm not saying I'm good at it. I'm just saying that oh. it was like a thing that losers did when I was um, a young, you know, sure. a dork. Uh, that was what we did um, was go bowling. I think it was because none of the cool people would be there. So no one was there to beat you up oh. uh, or, you know, like nobody, like none tease. of the cool people. Yeah. yeah. Nobody went there who was cool. So you could go there on a Friday night and and bowl and even though it was not that much fun maybe yeah. uh it was safe so you know i most of my life i went to private school so if i ran into like preteens or teenagers or people my age in the real world i like never knew who they were like i very rarely bumped into my peers in public oh, oh right? okay because we That's... lived like all over the place because it wasn't a districting thing Right, right. I forget about that. That's a totally different um, universe than, like, going to a public school where everybody is your sure neighbor. Yeah, yeah right. okay. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Um, and for the record, I went to a private school not because there is anything good about me, but because the public school system in my county was in the bottom ten in the country. <laughs> that's. I think that's normally why people send their kids to private schools. Oh, really? I feel like it's usually because they're either really religious or they're rich or their kids are like prodigies, and I was none of those things. No, I don't think it's because of their kids being prodigies. I think it's usually because they're either really religious or they're very, very wealthy or public school is trash, you know. You know what? I think if I had gone to public school, I would have found other nerds and I would not have had to go into the closet for as many years as I did. Yes, I I would totally agree with that. Absolutely. I think that's a big, a big barrier. I distinctly Um, remember starting a new private school in the sixth grade being like i love anime doesn't everyone else i have a website does anybody else want to be my sailor saturn because that's the only one i'm missing (laughs) and um and i was escorted and this this is turning me into a bully but i was escorted like to a girl who was like had overly long hair her parents wouldn't let her cut and was like you know kind of frumpy and like spoke with a british accent even though i don't think she was british and everyone was like this is melissa she also really likes anime and in that moment 
you know, should I become Melissa's best friend? Yes. Did I instead say, what's anime? Yes. <laughs> and that Aww. formed, like, the next six years of my life, so. Yeah, because you realized that y- you were you were being taken to the outskirts of the social... Uh, yes. And nothing uh, yeah. against Melissa, but I recognize that Melissa was somebody who's constantly getting teased, and, like, maybe it's it's time to just go ahead and not step on that train before yeah. I even, like, hit puberty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's scary as a kid, because you, you do... You don't really know the, the, like... It's not like you have a fucking degree in sociology at that point, but, like, right. you... But you know when a trend is happening and you can know when there's like social danger around right and you're like oh if i if i let people know that i'm into this thing i'm going to now put myself in this category and i can't get out of it once it happens yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um and i like i don't know i i don't want to say that from like from then on like I was very like normal or popular or anything like that because I wasn't like I went through other very weird trends but for some reason in that moment I knew that anime was not okay specifically um yeah okay so so going back to Toonami specifically because I I, I'm very curious because there are some shows from Toonami that I do find familiar that I have seen that I'm I actually was into for a bit were there some that were just naturally more popular than others, or were there like time blocks that would have made some of those shows pop out more? Like, why is it that I know Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z and and not? Do you know Gundam? I have heard that word. I have not. I I, I know the word. That's that's it. I I would like to say that I know more, but I don't. Do you remember Reboot? Nope. Oh, God, I wish you did. Um, That was briefly in that time block, uh, but it was not, like, a normal anime. It was, like, a weird CGI situation. So we won't talk about reboot. Um, So my my memory, and I could be wrong, is that if you're looking at the classic two-hour block, the first show starts at 4 p.m. Eastern time, and it's Dragon Ball Z. And that is, you are home from school, but your parents aren't home from work yet. Typically, right? Like something like that. Yes. And then immediately after that is Sailor Moon. And now you're looking at five o'clock. Maybe your parents are home. Maybe you're only allowed to watch one hour of TV. And I, my recollection is the, the next, the second hour block had the content that was being rotated through the most often. Like that's where it was like, sometimes it was Tenchi. Sometimes it was Gundam. Sometimes it was like different things. Um, but I really think that first core hour was, Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon. Um, yes. And I might be remembering that incorrectly, but that's that's kind of my perception. I feel like I definitely... I was... I was, like... Uh, I was obsessed with Sailor Moon in, in the sense that I knew that was my future. But I, mm-hmm. um, I would say that I was also more invested in Dragon Ball Z than, like, most people are invested in things. I was frequently teased from even the friends that I trusted... Um, that I would just, like, weep anytime Vegeta died, like, one of the characters. And the characters in that show, oh, the yeah. plot... Of, yeah, the plot was that you could get reincarnated. Like, it was fine. But yeah. he had yeah. such a character arc where he went from, like, villain to, like, anti-hero to, like, the true hero to, like, the guy who's always going to be runner-up. 
and it just broke. I just, my heart wept for Vegeta all the time. It also was maybe like the first of many really short guys that I was really into. <laughs> so, oh, oh, so that's how that started. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, good to know where it all comes from. <laughs> I no, don't know. Good. I don't like if I, if I have a thing for a Napoleon complex, it comes from Vegeta. For the record, my, my partner is much taller than me now. So like, you know, these things do change. Much? But, is he much taller than you? I, I would say four to six inches. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. No, that, that actually is. Yeah. Okay. For me, that's tall. Yeah. I know. <laughs> As someone who's five foot nine. Oh uh-huh. God. Oh God. See, I'm, I have no, I have no way to gauge height and I, I haven't seen him in person in a long time. So I just. You haven't seen know. me either in a long time. Right. But I, but I saw you consistently for many years. So I'm, I know how tall you are. I'm doing the robot right now. I know she's doing the <laughs> robot right now. That's why I can't keep a straight face. Um, so, so yeah. So, um, not to neglect the other shows. Um, the, ju- I think just when I was starting to outgrow quote unquote tsunami, whether it was because of social pressure or because I was getting older, that's when midnight run came in and like cowboy bebop, like all these things that make you have all of these feelings. Okay. Yeah. So tell me a little bit. I do know a little bit about, you know, cowboy bebop, but tell me how it was because I saw it late in life. I saw cowboy Mm. bebop as a college student watching it from people recommending it to me. So like, I did not see uh, that as like a show that was running on real time. So how was it you were transitioning from, like, anime as a kid to now this, like, adult-themed anime? So I would imagine that seeing it as an adult, it would be like, wow, great dramatic shit can be a cartoon. But, like, the inverse as a kid being like, a cartoon can be great dramatic shit? Like, it was just, it really um, redefined what my expectations of things could be. It, I was so closeted by the time it came out as an anime fan that I was just like, oh my god, drag me out of the closet, Cowboy Bebop. Like, it, I just thought it was gorgeous and really moving and uh, and definitely tapped into something that had already been established for me with a soft spot for anime and like the subsequent appropriation of Japanese culture that comes from being a white kid who sees anime for the first time where you wear a geisha outfit you made to the sushi place in town. Um, oh, honey. Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> because you think like of how much you love and respect them and how good that is. <laughs> um, oh, honey. You know. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. These, are, these are all of the things that Toonami did to me. They Toonami yeah. made me eat sushi for the first time. <gasps> oh, that's magical. Right? Because I just, you know, I just wanted to be absorbed into that whole world. So, yeah, the one of the most traumatic um two years of my life is that we moved somewhere in the middle of my passion. We moved somewhere that um, didn't ha- have Cartoon Network as part of the cable package. Oh, and, and you know what? That might be partially why I, I fell off of fandom because that might've coincided with going to middle school. And, uh, and I just had to imagine what was happening in these shows. And then I had to write fan fiction about what I thought might be happening in these shows 
Yeah. Because, I mean, to be fair, that's what we all do once the content stops flowing. You and generate we're not it. done yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, and that's, that's also, I think, when I started, when I went to my first local comic book store, so that I could start buying the comic versions of these anime, since I needed to know, like, what was going to happen next, and, like, what to base my characters on and stuff like that. Ooh, okay. So it 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 it, it branched you out to other uh forms of media entirely. For sure. That's... Um yeah, and that that was kind of central around Sailor Moon, but then I started getting also um like oh, I don't remember the name of the publishing company that would do the manga, but they would um they would release quarterly like a really thick magazine that was like a sampler of different comics um there'd be like five in there and then you'd be like "Ooh, like i love this comic called peach girl so like i'm gonna check out peach girl (laughs) and like um all kinds of different stuff like that and you could see the different art from the different styles um and then yeah that branched into i really liked um i think it was on fox it was card captors um and like there's this whole like artist publishing company or group of artists called like clamp and they had like a bunch of really famous anime mangas turned anime um but the anime weren't like in america so i had no idea what it was like right see i think we're very spoiled right now because um you mentioned something at the very beginning that i think is interesting because a, a friend of mine brought this up also um who's much more uh into anime than i am but like getting getting the dub versions of some of the rarer shows is still even hard now mm-hmm. apparently in the united states which i just assumed was not true so i assume that it would be even harder like to come across a dub version of a show when you know back in like web 2k and like um when we were basically starting out on the internet and then you mentioned that Toonami was maybe an introduction to having dubbed instead of subbed. Subbed. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, shows, which even in like, I would say in like mainstream media, in like television and movies, like there's, um, there's a lot of argument over which is better, you know? Sure. But what yeah. would you say? Oh, which is better? Yeah, yeah. Well, for 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 anime, maybe, or for for tsunami. So tsunami exclusively dubbed. Um, okay. As a gateway, I think that dub was probably crucial. But I think that anyone who has any appreciation for an anime who watches it dubbed and then watches it subbed realizes how much of that experience, like we were cheated out of by American editors whole episodes like whole scenes whole character personalities were really manipulated towards what they thought an american audience would want and so you've got a lot more authenticity with subbed and i i'm not a member of like i believe crunchyroll is the name of like it's like netflix but for anime um yes yes i I don't know anything about that (laughs) because i can't justify subscribing um but i would strongly imagine that people who are like diehards or who have 
a decent opinion are probably sub all the way these days. I had a friend who, I don't know how she acquired it, but uh, she had the Sailor Moon movies subbed on VHS. Whoa. And we watched, we watched it like on a road trip in the back of her parents' van because her parents had a fancy TV van. Um, and it was the first time I had ever seen anything subbed. It was the first time I had seen the Sailor Moon content in like its original Japanese. And I just thought it was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And then I, from there, kind of learned that Dragon Ball Z was like a lot more sexual in the original Japanese and stuff like that. And, and like more violent. And I was always extremely interested in seeing that sub version, um, and would really seek it out. Um, even though I think it might've been weird. I think it might've been like incesty. Like, I don't know. Like sometimes things are weird. I assume, I (laughs) assume, I I have to assume (laughs) that it was, but, but also like you're getting regardless, regardless of, of whether or not the, uh, content was, um, maybe had some creepy elements to it or whatever. Yeah. You're seeing a show that you loved in its originally intended format. That's, yeah. that's like a crazy uh, emotional experience. Like something that you're really super intense about. Um, For sure. And even like the first time you're exposed to, I mean, I wasn't exposed to a lot of foreign culture. I wasn't exposed to a lot of non-English speaking and appreciating it and enjoying it as more authentic, but also like, you're, what you're hearing, you're not fully understanding. And, like, you feel like you're privy to, like, this whole world. You're not fully understanding. And it just, like, made it more enchanting to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and also, acting style is very different, too, cross-culturally. Um, so you're you're getting a different type of performance that you're, you're absorbing. Like, I... This is so disconnected from... from the topic but like i remember the first time i saw life is beautiful with the original life is beautiful is that like holocaust movie it's it's amazing oh i've never heard of it i'm i'm sorry to the holocaust uh okay yeah no i mean the holocaust forgives you uh okay thank you oh god i I, should have made that about me i'm sorry i'm sorry like i have the authority to forgive anybody for anything um it, it's a uh, it's a it's a live action film uh, about the Holocaust, but it's in uh, Italian, and uh, there is a really popularized dubbed version that airs like every Thanksgiving on Fox, and that was all I saw growing up. And then, and then my grandmother one year showed me the real like version with mm-hmm. the subtitles. And it changed the whole thing. And it, it, you're reminding me of that because of how meaningful it was to see, like, the real actor's voice coming through. And, like, their methods are of, of, of portraying emotion are so different than what we're used to in, in yeah. cross-culture. Yeah. I will, I mean, to be honest, I think that sometimes when when in Japanese, that might be lost on me. Like, I can, I can hear in my head moments of like anguish when in in japanese like one of the dragon ball z characters is dealing with like the sudden death of someone they loved um but 
and like that to me felt almost more powerful hearing like the yelling kind of anguished whatever in Japanese but I but things like the timing of the jokes and that inflection probably was more lost on me so I don't know not everything not everything tonally translated uh but the extremely dramatic scenes were like much more dramatic well I've heard that before um I don't know if you have I've heard that you don't know how to speak a language until you can tell a joke in a language because humor is harder to get across than other emotions that's so, so I, insightful I, I I think you like oh my gosh they should put that on your tombstone that that yeah. one thing <laughs> that's all that's gonna be on there is some quote that I didn't make up that someone else said I hope that you also like sort of misquoted it just you know, for the sake of the permanence of your headstone. Yeah, I can only they, hope. They My say head- you never really know a language until you can tell a joke in it. <laughs> My immortality is ruined. No, it, the, the gist of my tombstone is that humor <laughs> is very difficult to portray. Comedic timing is harder than dramatic timing in your own language. So then in another language, it was, it's easier to miss it. So Absolutely. Makes, yeah. makes sense to me. So yeah, I, uh, I'm trying to think of other tsunami shows that I've sort of neglected. I think that the, the Gundam shows which were in a way similar to the Tenchi shows in that you've got a series with the same, you've got several series with the same name, similar themes, otherwise not connected. Wait, wait. Okay. No, now we have to stop. (laughs) So Gundam and Tenchi, those are words that I've now heard. Okay. They're, they're, I assumed, I assumed they were shows like, their own individual shows? What do you mean by show? They're series. Series. Okay. Yeah. But they're not like multiple series? Like they're not multiple? They're series and they're multiple series. <laughs> so if I, if well, I was to say, let's, let's okay. equate them more with franchises. So okay. let's say okay. I've got a bunch of different cartoon series called mm-hmm. Star Wars colon blah blah. They're not, they're not concurrent. They're not necessarily all in the same canon, but there's something similar about them, which is that like either they have some common characters, even though they're different canons or they're in a common verse. Okay. Okay. That makes much more sense to me. Okay. Gotcha. I'm really proud of that explanation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, No, I didn't explain it well before. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like that. So in the case of Tenchi, you have multiple series I think series is plural that are not yeah. the action is not related the events are not related but the characters meet each other and have a plot in each one like they mm-hmm. meet each other anew each time and in Gundam oh, Gundam was the one show in the Toonami or the Gundams were the one shows in the one in the Toonami franchise where I if I missed a couple of days I was boned which was a whole new experience for cartoons for me that you can't just come and go. So they were hyper political, like, like really nuanced politics, like on the level of like 
the actual events in Cambodia. Like, I don't even remember how many political parties were at play and who ended up being good and who was bad. Um, but there were robots that were big that fought in space. Sure, I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And sometimes, like, famously, there was a character in Gundam Wing called Hero, but, like, with a little bit of a roll on the R, which I can't do. Um, and everyone would really dramatically say his name all the time. Like, Hero! And that's, that was literally my takeaway. There is that, and there is big robots, and I always missed an episode, and then I was just angry about not knowing what was going on. Okay. So I'm sorry to people who liked Gundam. At the time, I said it's too boyish for me, but ultimately it was too political for me. Too, whoa. Wow. I didn't need factions. What I needed was the one true ruler of the Moon Kingdom. All right. And, 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 <laughs> and I can't wait because I need to know everything about that. That's going to be like a whole thing. I, I feel that way. I, I, I understand that. And you'll, you'll, um, you'll learn that about me in other uh, sections of my nerddom too, is that I you like a monarchy. I, I weirdly do like a monarchy, <laughs> uh, which is, which is crazy. Cause right now the, the, Oh, I got to send you some stuff. I, I, I made it. I maybe made a calendar for my D and D universe. So I'm going to send it to you. Um, it's bad, but it's good. Don't say mm, it's bad. Bad in the <laughs> Avalon is uh, is double fisting her wines right now. It's good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so you're saying that like you you don't like that complicated like multi layered like uh, political systems in involved in some of those anime like that game of thronesy kind of like super all right as a 29 year old adult i'm not gonna say that i can't handle too much politics in my episodic dramas as a fifth grader i didn't know what the fuck was going on (laughs) i just wanted the core like greek like pure emotions from theater that you get. I wanted the drama. I wanted the comedy. I wanted the anguish. I wanted the budding sexual confusion. And like robots and action is good too. But like I can't handle, you know, Star Wars Episode Two Senate situations in my two-hour cartoon block. Right. Okay. That makes a lot more sense to me. So you wanted things to make sense to your life as a fifth grader plus robots. Yeah. And I wanted to, I wanted to be challenged to to think beyond what other media was challenging me at that age level. But like, I didn't want to be challenged as much as Gundam Wing was trying to challenge me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, like... (gasps) You talk, sorry, and then I'll talk. No, I I had nothing to say. It was nothing good. It was about Star Wars. Go ahead. You know what one of my absolute favorite Toonami shows that did not catch on was that you should watch, and I don't know if it held up, but it has, I've been obsessed with it from afar. It's called Outlaw Star. Uh, no, no recollection whatsoever. It's a limited run series, 
like one season or whatever, it is not fully unlike Cowboy Bebop. It is so good. Okay, so so why? What what is the sell? Give uh, give me the. It may have been the first limited run thing, like finite arc thing. I had truly experienced where, like, I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like, this has a conclusion. They're not keeping this going for ratings as long as they can. Um, I felt like so. It's the story of oh God. It's going to sound probably bad. It's the story of a really like a a womanizing sexy guy and his genius young companion and they have a really special um millennium falcon-esque ship and they like run in with some space pirates and they accidentally acquire like the key to the like galactic holy grail and so they start getting involved with things much bigger than them as they pursue the galactic ley line it's called which I don't even remember what that is. But in the meantime, he's dealing with the, like, death of his father, even though he's really emotionally reserved. And then they, like, meet up with some companions, which is, like, a cat lady and, like, a really stoic samurai lady. And there's this, um, his love interest is, like, this is going to be a bad thing. His love interest is that sci-fi trope of, like, the woman who was just born. So she's like basically an infant, but she's in love with the hero. Like born a la sexy fifth... yesterday. Yeah. Born sexy born yesterday. Sexy yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, born sexy yesterday is the key to the galactic ley line. And she's like so naive. And she's always like looking at him. She's always like, Jean, Jean, I'm vulnerable. Um, so yeah, born sexy yesterday, but like it's, it's, Funny sometimes, super dramatic sometimes, really good limited run. Um, and it, I feel like it only ran once or twice on Toonami. I don't know if it was popular, but I loved it. And I loved the little Japanese song that was like the intro and the even gentler Japanese song that was the outro. Uh, they were beautiful. Oh my God, I have to see this now. Yeah, so watch, watch Outlaw Star. I think it's really underrated. It should have been on Midnight Run. With, like, the adult content, but for some Ooh. reason it was on the regular one. Okay, that's interesting. I'm going to watch it, like, starting when this is over. <laughs> wow, I, I feel like I only saw it when it was on the air, and I feel like I can tell you a, a lot more about it than I should be able to. Like, the characters' full names. Okay, I definitely need to see this. Um, because that sounds fascinating it sounds like a little bit um it's giving me a little bit of a doctor Who-y type vibe from your right. description that like run away uh, in space there's definitely run away in space yeah. um also like you know guy with like the the naive companion that that is yeah. inexplicably attracted to him uh, trope you know, is that very old school Doctor Who, you know? Mm -hmm. um, wow. Uh, Doctor Who, so that's touching on, just in terms of the trajectory of this podcast, it's touching on the fact that at some point we're going to have to talk about things that we both feel invested in. And I almost yeah. think those are going to be the best episodes, even though there is no splainer splainy. Oh, no, because we're going to fight is what's going to happen. No, we're not. We're both <laughs> going to just talk about how much we agree about Clara. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but I am, as a side note, so happy that you remembered the term of the Born Sexy Yesterday. 
Yes. Uh, uh, what's the, um, there, I mean, there are a lot of good examples, but I was just thinking fifth element. of fifth element. Yes, exactly. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's such a, it's such a weird trope because you don't notice it until anyone points it out to you. And then you uh, and like then notice like, it in a fucking tidal wave. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you uh, realize that all you ever aspired to be as a formative young nerd is that you thought you were supposed to be born sexy yesterday, right? Which At is least... really alarming. Because right, because you it's, watch it's those like... shows when you're fifth grade, you're like, you're about to go through puberty. When it's you're... the whole, like, virgin whore complex thing. Like, if you're watching the show, you know who you want to be, who's going to end up with the protagonist, you know, you're going to be born sexy yesterday, which is the Madonna character, right? Because mm-hmm. they're the most pure. And you're like, shit, yeah. that's what I've got to be. Yep. Which is... Or maybe I, I should speak for myself. I'm sure there are a lot of really empowered people out there that grew up in much cooler places than me. <laughs> uh, it's not me. So I don't save that sexy voice for someone else. Right. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that uh, we don't realize how much of that is put on us when we're in like the fifth or sixth grade when we're like hitting puberty and we have already seen cartoon characters, cartoon characters following that like path that we're supposed to go down. That doesn't make any sense. And it, uh, you're absolutely uh. right. And like, I, um, I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. I don't know how you're supposed to not internalize that. And I, well, no, never mind. That's, gonna, <laughs> that's one of those things that I'm going to get in trouble for. I was going to say, if you are, sexually self-empowered enough to rise above that kind of influence as a formative youth i think you probably had bad parents yeah you know i right because if you if you had if you have that insight god bless you but also like why i think there's probably two ways that that could have happened either in the very rare case, your parents were really open-minded and really forthcoming with you and really informative to you as a kid, or you just, like, had to become that way because you were exposed to things, you know, when you were young. That's really, unfortunately, the most common way that kids become, like, engaged with topics like that is by accident and by happenstance instead of by an adult actually guiding them through it like what is the ideal sure absolutely yeah yeah i'm glad we finally got a little feminism in here yeah i i mean it's 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 what i'm gonna call drunk feminism but i think it's i think it's still it still has its roots uh feminism would be a good name for a podcast it would. Too bad we already published this. I know. Too bad we have a <laughs> song already, a theme song. Too bad. All right. Do you have any uh, other tsunami questions for me? Like what tsunami means? Oh, I, yes. I have that, and I have one more after that. So first, do what tsunami means. Cartoon tsunami. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> because tsunamis okay. are a natural disaster you. that occur in Japan. <laughs> Oh my god. Is that why? Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean I there hadn't been a there hadn't been a devastating tsunami like recently like there is now when they named it. But yeah, it's a Japanese flavor cartoon tsunami. It's coming at you. 
Oh, that's dark. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a little dark. But you know what? That's also what I'm learning. Anime can be a little dark. So it can be so dark. It can be really dark, yeah. and it can be really sexual. But I uh, only yeah. know about Cartoon Network, so I don't know about that. Oh, we're gonna... and I know that sometimes when you really get into certain characters and you're searching them and searching them in fifth grade, like you're going to see some stuff. Oh yeah, I do remember the first time that we used a computer in a classroom and some sort of like Simpsons porn doodling. Man, they were came there from up. day one. Day one, day one launched. I Simpsons still porn. see Simpsons porn when I'm searching for real human porn on the internet, and I'm like, wow. These same people, it looks the same. It's the same people from when we were all like 12. You just alluded to the two topics I'm most looking forward to, which is <laughs> The Simpsons and, and The Simpsons. <laughs> I don't think okay. either of us can probably talk about that. Um, no. Tell me more questions. Okay. So my, my, my last big question is that. All right, so we have... I don't want it to be your last question. Oh, I'm having I'm so, so much fun. Oh, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Okay. All right, my last question that I have in my head currently, and then you'll say more things, and I'll have more questions. Uh, but the last question I have, if I were to ask you, as me, Diana, aside from Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z, what do you think holds up the most in the Toonami lineup what should i watch if i were to watch one right now what would you think would have the least nostalgia factor and would mostly be like a show that i could watch having never seen a toonami show before are you looking to like laugh at it or are you looking to like actually feel really to care about it it, to care about it yeah to care about it Mm -hmm. what have you seen before like just generally like give me a recap of 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 all of anime, anime. You feel like you've yeah. Okay, so Sailor Moon, uh, Dragon Ball Z. I doubt you uh, really really watch Sailor Moon, but whatever. Wow, that's judgy. Okay, <laughs> it's true, but it's judgy. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen those. Um, Cowboy Bebop, Death Note, and. And the rest of my anime experience is really Miyazaki films and and then one show that I'm really obsessed with that no one on this earth cares about. What is it? I'm sure I don't know what it is. Is it like, you say it's, it. It's called Kino's Journey and a, it just got a second season that's on Hulu that uh, I know exactly one person that's watching it right now and I'm afraid to because it's, it's been like like six years since like attack on season Titan. one yeah yeah so um i don't okay. i haven't watched second season yet i don't know if it's actually good or not but i'm i'm nervous right. about it so right out of the gate this i specifically had requested that this podcast be about tsunami because i do not feel like i can defend my my current anime cred right okay. like i haven't kept up to date on it and I haven't necessarily rewatched a lot of these things as an adult. It's like a nostalgia thing for me and like a formative okay. thing. But if you're not going to hold me to it too closely, if like it doesn't live up to it, uh, okay, I will okay. say that the things that I remember the most fondly are Outlaw Star, which is a limited run. 
There was a show on, uh, like, the Midnight Run Toonami that I really liked that I don't know if it ever got fully translated, um, but at least has a few seasons uh, called Inuyasha that I think checks all the boxes for a fantasy story. It's um, it's more playful, less, like, serious than a Cowboy Bebop. Uh, it has some cursing. I think that's why it was on Midnight Run. Uh, but it's got a little bit of, like, the weird, like, whoops, I'm sitting on your face, Japanese humor. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, oh, we fell down and there's a girl on your face. Like, oh, panties. Like, there's a little bit of that going on. And then it, it has a meta plot. It has different things going on. It has a, a little bit of, like, a will they or won't they love story. Um, so I think in terms of, like, I'm not pretending to be too much of an adult anime. I'm going to say Inuyasha. Um, there was a great one called Yu Yu Hakusho that was one series translated that was similarly like, oh, awesome action. There's a lot of fighting. There's some love. Like, that was fun. But I think that only one season was translated. So I feel like morally like I can't tell you to watch it. Um, okay. And then I would I would really say Outlaw Star is a limited run. Uh, and then if if you haven't watched it yet, as not Toonami, just like as a good anime, I would say watch Attack on Titan. Okay, that one has been recommended to me several times by different people, so I think it's about time. Yeah. Now it's, you it's will definitely, be the straw. Yeah. If you want to like, if you want to invest in something that you may or may not like, that's going to take a lot of hours of your time. I'm going to say go through all of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> um, but otherwise, Inuyasha, Outlaw Star, Attack on Titan. Okay, excellent. I have, so uh, I'm, I'm bookmarking these as we... Uh, and it looks like, I think you spelled Inuyasha right. Really? I'm super uh, surprised It's very that. phonetic, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. We didn't talk about it. But it's like a girl from the modern age in a schoolgirl outfit falls through a well to feudal Japan and uh, falls in love with slash in a horrible relationship with a demon that's bad but beholden to her. So it grows into an antihero and then they have to fight through feudal Japan. It's like near enough to the plot to my favorite Ninja Turtles movie. So. <laughs> it is! It's Turtles in Time! <laughs> yes! Do you know that that was f filmed in Oregon somehow? Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, not Japan. <laughs> that's so sad. Okay, I'm so glad you knew the title. Um, yeah, so so I'm really into that now. Okay, so so Inuyasha and Outlaw Star, I have both bookmarked right now because those seem the most like. I would actually really be into. I them. would like to rewatch Outlaw Star because it has been a long time, but it, like it really tapped into something. Okay, so if I watch Outlaw Star, will you rewatch it? And oh my god, like, you will! So yes. Okay. I'm making like floppy hands, like motions, no, like as if actually... as if I found out you're engaged. Oh, oh god, <laughs> she's fanning herself yeah. right now. Yeah. So I'm really excited. I have like shows to to watch and have homework i have homework um is there anything else that you want me to know about tsunami that I, I i should know no i think it just was like it was cartoon network looking for like action programming some guy came into the office and was like i hear japan has some cartoons and then it just changed the entire united states of expectations for what we demand from our cartoons 
Yeah. You think wow. about you think about Lego ninjutsu. Where did that come from? Japan. Yeah. I don't I don't actually know what I'm talking about, but um, I do know it was important no. to me. Yeah. Yeah, the Lego movies, I I mean, I was really skeptical about them, but I cried during one of them on an airplane. I am not talking about the Lego movies. Those are funny. I am talking about the Lego series about Lego ninjas on Cartoon Network. Well, do you know what the Lego movie did? It ruined Tegan and Sarah. There used (gasps) to be queer twins that made good music, and then they made the Lego song. Are they now not queer twins? Now they are queer sellouts (gasps) who may or may not be twins. (laughs) Did it change their birthday to be involved? In the- if, if the listeners could see my face right now, they would know it changed their birthday. Because yeah. it is a face of being pissed. Wow, she's really angry. All right, so I'm so sorry to hear about the the resurrection and maybe death of Tegan and Sarah. But I'm also more embarrassed that I thought you were talking about the Lego movies. No, I was just throwing out a cartoon that I've never seen that looks dramatic and episodic. The Lego movie was fine, Diana. It was fine. Okay. You know, it was great, I'm sure. It was, like, very... It was, like, very funny, but then suddenly emotions What what part made you cry? The live-action... Father... Hating his live-action son? Yeah, but then when they made up... At the end, and, like, he realized how... France, I mean, you're... I just called you Francis, I'm sorry. That's fine. But Diana, cut it out, clap. Does Francis... I feel like Francis would get me right now, though. Diana. Oh, God. This is the part you're going to start, Diana. Your father's never going to love you. (laughs) Okay, well... I don't want to say goodbye. I know, but we have to. We have to end. This past week... I've been characteristically self-deprecating and negative, but a lot of people that we know and care about listened to this last one, not this one, the last one, and gave really nice feedback. And I just want to say, I still don't want to talk to you about it, but thank you for listening. I hope you liked this one too. And I really, I am actually touched. I, yeah, I am too. I haven't actually seen any of this feedback because my friends aren't as nice as Evelyn. Um, (laughs) But but I've heard about it and I'm really excited that uh, anyone is listening to this. Also, shout out to my D&D boys because they're the, they're like the only people that matter in this world. Um, I'm I'm sorry. They, Those they, are my they, sexy sounds. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they might not have known. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when Avalon gets sexy, she just like curls into a corner and starts preening herself. <laughs> and then I go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um, well, I, I'm really appreciative as well. And I, I just, I'm excited that we get to do this regardless of whether or not anyone ever hears it but the fact that anyone likes it is beautiful and you know i i still don't want to talk about it um and i still don't want feedback but 
If you want to leave a suggestion for a topic in a comment, that could be a fun way to like hear from, I don't want to say the fans because like, I'm who the fuck am I kidding? But like to hear from people who are listening. If people are like, oh my God, it would make me laugh if you talked about beep. Tell me. Please uh, subscribe. We're on iTunes now. Subscribe and and rate it highly. Um, yes. Not because, like, we need that for validation, but because the higher you rate it, the more likely strangers are to get to see it. And that could be kind of fun. Oh, I need it for validation, though. Like, and, for um, me, for validation, yeah. That's fine. Uh, and yeah. I think, like, most importantly in this episode is there's some pretty new, pretty exciting additions in the front and in the back in the form of music. Mm-hmm. So I want to say thank you to our mansplainer for also being somebody who made music that is good. Well, I love you, Diana. I love you, Avalon. And I want you to know that I said that sincerely. <laughs> it didn't sound like it because you're laughing, but I will. I, I'm laughing because I surprised myself with like the sincerity. I was like, where is this coming from? It came from deep within me before I could yeah. catch up. That's because we're doing podcast therapy right now. That's what this is. It's it's opening us up to a deeper understanding of our connection to each other. Oh. <laughs> All right. I love you, Avalon. I love you, Diana. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye.